0: Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to the Farrow's Fit Podcast. Uh, good to be back with you again. We are back at the uh, the Farrow's Mountain Lodge. Uh, Brandon's uh, come up the hill once more. Thanks for coming up, Brandon. How it's you doing? a pleasure.
1: <laughs> like I told you, it's the only thing I'm getting exercised in the past month is coming to. Put this place together, which I love. I'm not complaining about it at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, as usual, uh, Brandon arrives to find a, a stack of tasks to uh, to get done. Um, but yeah, we're making pretty good progress here. The gym's, you know, it's not finished, but it's um, it's, it's coming along well. I put the flooring down yesterday, which looks really good. Um, I use this new new flooring that I hadn't done before. Previously, I've used rolls, and this this was this interlocking like the puzzle pieces. The puzzle pieces. Yeah. It's great was it oh my god it was so good it was just so much easier because rolls are just so fucking heavy people don't realize oh you my have to god. pick that up and move it they places So it's the worst heavy. and it's like it's cheaper but it, the problem is with it you know if ever you have any issues with the floor like if the floor cracks underneath the the roll you've got to take the whole damn roll up like you can't just cut out sections because you have to glue it down and stuff it's a fucking nightmare. With these pads, anything goes wrong underneath. You can just take it out of the pad and replace, you know, fix it and replace the pad. I'm never going back to rolls.
1: Everyone start with the rolls.
0: Everyone's stuck with the rolls. <laughs> um, today, guys, we are gonna uh, we are gonna um, flip last week's podcast on its head. Uh, and this week, we are going to talk about uh, mass gain. We're going to talk about gaining uh, gaining weight, gaining muscle. Because a lot of people um, having listening to to last week's podcast were like, yeah, but what about if I'm trying to gain weight? Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, so Brannon's with me, and, and Brandon just got back from Georgia, right?
1: Yeah, I was in Augusta, Georgia, uh, doing some content for a basketball tournament. And uh, it's a whole Nike thing. These young kids, most of them are going to be in the NBA. So oh. it, just, uh, it, was, it was great actually looking back and seeing how crazy I used to be in love with this game and seeing right. all these kids right. in that phase and in yeah. that moment. It's nuts.
0: Incredible. It, it, and you were saying like the, 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 the standard... Of these these youngsters now is is just phenomenal that the the power of them and the the skill they have at that age
1: yeah uh physically they're just they're in such terrible m- such terrible movement and functionality modalities like their hips and hamstrings if they were a rubber band they are just fully stretched and at any moment they get snapped luckily they're still 17 18 years old so right they don't feel that they're not going to pop anything or if they do right. it's out for two minutes and back in, but I just know from my own, like I used to have those terrible tight hamstrings and hips, but I could run a four, three, Right. Get away with cold, it. Cold yeah. out of the car. Like, yeah. oh, let's go. So if it, I can't imagine if these kids just had good proper training and nutrition already at where they're going. Yeah. yeah. Th- it could just be so much, even more that they could tap into so their physical gifts because these kids are just the power and strength and speed they have and everything. Even I'm a generation before them, like the difference yeah there's just so many more kids than there were then that
0: it's amazing just have
1: that peak performance and
0: and if you ever watch like the the crossfit kids you know who are coming up now like 14 15 16 years old the stuff that these kids can do the weight that they can lift the poundage it's just phenomenal i just i I, I struggle to get my head around it like 19 years old like 400 pounds like i don't know how people are, are doing it and you know it it's curious Because CrossFit is such a young sport, you know, it's curious to to see where those athletes are by the time they're 30, like the wear and tear on the body, you know, lifting that amount and doing that kind of volume of work at such a young age. I wonder how their bodies are going to cope when they're, by the time they're 30. I mean, we just don't know because it's never been done before.
1: Absolutely. It's like with football and the amount of ACL injuries. Right. and, And even basketball now, because you have such large individuals it's not necessarily, because think about soccer, they're moving and jerking, and but there's not that many non-contact like hits or injuries. But with just football and basketball, football especially, you have these additional hits that yeah. happen to these quick jerking motions. And these tendons and ligaments, as much as they are getting stronger and be able to absorb so much more contact, they can only take so much. Yeah. you know These ACLs are popping like crazy still. Because with the physical nature of the game and these guys moving faster, hitting harder... Our bodies physically can only evolve and adapt so much more quickly than.
0: You know what's interesting to me, and full transparency on this podcast, guys. Me and me and Brandon, we we are drinking cause banquet today because it's hot. Mm. My 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 fridge was broken, and the only thing accessible to us was ice cold cause banquet. So, if this uh, podcast falls off the rails, that's why. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting to me how. You know, on one side of the spectrum, you've got these kind of athletes and athletic kids who are getting stronger and stronger and more powerful and fitter than than we've ever been. And on the the other side of it, on the juxtaposition of that, you've got people like getting like less, like more unhealthy and more unfit than we've ever been. And you've got this huge like divergence of There's
1: They're becoming more of a strength rather than a majority from the center. Yeah. growing in between. It's, like, exactly.
0: Because the difference between the, the people that are you know on the high end of a- a- athletics and these people who are just like completely destroying their metabolisms in all kinds of horrible ways is just growing and growing and growing in this completely opposite direction. It's just so curious to me.
1: But that because it, it's that knowledge like as much as we might think that this is like common stay, like we're still in a bubble especially so being in Los bubble. Angeles. Yeah. Like you listen to podcasts and radio shows as do I. I get to... I'm listening to this guy talk about, you know, all these different psychoactive substances that are being used for medicinal properties and benefits. But even if I go back to Florida, when I start talking podcasts and health, like there's still even a smaller space yeah. of people who can absorb that. So, because I think about when I was in high school and I'm chugging a Gatorade, M&Ms and like strawberry Mentos before practice, before we do a three hour workout. Right. And I'm making that happen. Like it's yeah. nothing. And like maybe eating a cheeseburger and fries after like, I didn't know that till even after college, after I had all these injuries and trauma. I really had to dig deep because getting all these opioids handed to me from doctors was not helping at all. Even right. though I could still play and win MVP of a basketball tournament, but was you know, I'm drooling on, on the phone after because I'm just non coherent. But like you really take the time to learn that. It, you got, yeah. really gotta dive deep to find that information out.
0: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting with nutrition because a lot of us don't really take nutrition seriously until we get into our 30s and 40s like we we kind of like i mean i remember when i started weightlifting when i started when i started kind of bodybuilding in my teens and you know you you would have some information if you if you really like you said looked for it and it was you know about protein and 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 making sure that you you know you you got calories in but it was very kind of vague and very like like you said you had to really look for it um whereas now it's, it's very very accessible to us um, you know, with the internet and so forth. We can find out whatever we wanna find out. But I think it's something we, we kind of like, because you can get away with so much in your 20s, you just don't really pay attention to it um, and, until your 30s and 40s when you do have to start paying attention, otherwise you just simply don't get anywhere. But I wonder, and like I said, with these with these, these, these CrossFit kids and this next generation, I wonder because maybe they are they are looking at that stuff and maybe they are taking that stuff seriously. Maybe that's the difference between uh, you know an 18 year year old athlete now and an 18 year old athlete 20 years ago is just our knowledge nutritionally i mean of course training has advanced but you know i think our knowledge of you know supplement um, nutrition and supplementation and you know all the factors that can help improve performance have improved so much maybe that's the the factor that's making these kids so much better
1: i i i like to think so but i think it just like there's still like the Like you want to think like conspiracy theories, like the conspiracy theories are right in front of you that happen. Most people are being bombarded with all this different shit, multi-level marketing of just got to go do this and take this supplement or eat this food or, you know, colorful, bright colored cereal. It's okay to eat this. It's got nine minerals, and (laughs) vitamins. And it's like, you know, once you're bombarded so much that like stimulates the brain to say like, Oh, this is kind of good. It's got, you know, so of right. vegetables in it, but it's like a bunch of whole wheat from something that's completely artificially pumped in, and it's not necessarily there. And then most people these days have to work their ass off just to, you know, find time at the end of the day, and they don't have the time to cook for themselves. And you know the difference from actually preparing your own food yeah, for sure. to going off and getting it, and not everybody can even get, you know, something that's going to be a decent salad bowl with... You know, a good base protein in there and something else. Like, unfortunately, most people just don't have the time.
0: It's it's fun. It's funny because sometimes I feel like saying to people, you know, they want they want like a diet, like right. What 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 should I eat? You know, what what macro should I eat? I'm trying to lose weight. If I said to someone, "You're not allowed to order any takeout for a month. You have to cook all your own food, and that's the only thing. Only thing I'm going to ask you to do. You have to cook all your own food." I guarantee most people would just lose weight automatically or lose fat automatically. It is that easy because you know when you when you order takeout when you order from restaurants and that kind of stuff, you know you have to remember that that food is being mass produced, and when food is being mass produced, the quality of the food is going to be compromised. The oils that they're cooking in is Think going to be the margins cheaper oils. We make, so we're going to cut it's down on the oil. Yeah, it's it's
1: canola it's, oil instead of an olive oil. Yeah. Not even the extra virgin. Yeah. And those yeah. things like they catch up.
0: They do. It, it all adds up. Um, and if you if you do if you do really focus on preparing and cooking your own food, you know exactly what's in it. You know you're using fresh ingredients. You know that alone just makes such a huge difference. You know, especially if you're very conscious about where your food is coming from, where you're where you're buying your food, where you're ordering it from, and you're focusing on the nutritional quality of that food. You know, it's it's just a game changer. Mm. Um, and it's interesting when I came to the States because in England, when I uh, when I was growing up, you know, we would cook most of our food. I mean, we maybe ordered takeout like once every fucking month, maybe.
1: It was like a Chinese or... Yeah, know.
0: but it was like a, a very rare thing. You know, my my mum, my dad very rarely, uh, would sometimes, uh, would always cook. Um, there would be no, you know, there would be no ordering out or eating, you know, we weren't the kind of family that would like, oh, we're going to eat out tonight. We'll we'll, we'll go out for a meal. You know, maybe we go to the pub like, you know, once every couple of weeks or something for a meal. There's but very little that's going to be the, on that menu. That's the, going to be very, very. Yeah, the, be- percent, the percentage of food that was like ordered ordered in was very low. And the percentage of food that was cooked from home was very high. And I think that was a, you know, a, a huge factor in me growing up like somewhat healthy. And then coming here, and realizing that people people really didn't really don't cook much that here. Uh, I mean, I, I I think when I first went to university in Salt Lake City in 1999, very few people went to the grocery store and bought like food to cook. Everyone was just eating out all the time, whether it's like noodles, Subway or, or, a or cup of noodles or, or pizzas or burgers. It was just like this constant stream of like easy to order takeout food, and nobody was really taking the time to to cook or anything like that. So it's kind of like a It was a real eye-opener for me in that sense. Um, And I remember, you know, when you went to Iceland, you said almost the same. Like, I think when you live in America, you almost take for granted, you know, how readily available takeout food is and how easy it is and how it's just like Or just resources themselves. Yeah.
1: We take it for granted here. Like, you go to some other countries where you're just like, it's not available. You can't do it. It's not in season or <laughs> right. we don't get it. We haven't gotten it here in three years. Like right. once you see that or just like what's on the menu, it's like we have porridge and you're here to play professional sports. But all right. we have because you're staying in an orphanage house right now is porridge. So guys, like we can't. Have, we haven't got paid yet. We can't even go get McDonald's to, to, to go eat. You guys are going to have to eat this stuff. So. Yeah. Like so yeah. when you see it, you're like, you know, when you, when you walk into a grocery store in America too, it's just like, Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. And it's I think incredible.
0: It's, it's it's kind of cool being in Idlewild because it's kind of the same thing. Yes. There are restaurants here. Yes, we can order in if you want to, but we're trying to do that as little as possible just simply because like there's not the kind of like supermarkets here that there are, you know, in the city. So, you know, obviously I get my butcher box. I bring all my meat up. I cook a lot of meat in the Traeger, that kind of stuff. I think a lot more about like how I'm going to prepare food and how I'm going to prepare the evening meal, stuff like that. Um, and it's a lot more of a, of, a, of a conscious thing than, you know, when you're in, in, in the city, you've just got so much available. It's just so easier to just. It's so hard you know, not go, to cook go for meal yourself meal. some nights.
1: Yeah. Like you said, to go out. Like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for it too. Like, oh, so I go to, I love French food. So you say, you go to a French restaurant. And it's like, but then you think about it because I also have a membership to Restaurant Depot. So you go to the restaurant wholesaler too. And just oh, yeah. like, Even if I go to Vaughn's or like, even like just a regular grocery chain, it's like, where i'm not getting like an organic piece of food and everything, it's like oh, i can't pay this much i know i, I don't know. like a 50 dollars for a steak and a potato or, or you know whatever it's like i can't yeah. do it. it breaks my heart knowing yeah. how much it actually costs and the markups are it's
0: crazy but it is also if, if you if you do like live alone and you are just cooking for yourself sometimes it feels like a lot of effort to cook food for one you know what i mean whereas if you've got a family and you're cooking for like three people, like the effort to cook seems worth it. Whereas like sometimes when you're on your own, it's like, oh, do I want to go to all that hassle just for myself when I could just like-
1: Agreed. I mean, I've, I've been a semi-professional cook and had to prepare meals for individuals. So I, I, I kind of enjoy it. Like, like, oh, I'm going Italian tonight. I'm watching The Sopranos a lot. Go get a nice red wine from the store. Yeah, I get a fresh ball of mozzarella. I'm gonna yeah. make a special anti-pasta. of <laughs> to prepare some pasta, sauce, the, the whole works. And, you know, there's a deeper connection to it. Like, if you have, right, if you have sure. that understanding to it. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, I'm going to sit down. You appreciate it so much more. My sister, we're going to enjoy this meal. Nothing's on. Like, there's real something breaking the bread. Like, yeah, there's, there's something, something ceremonial. There. Well, you know, what the, you
0: know what the extreme of that is? If you watch it Alone. You watch Alone, the show on TV with the... So, Alone Season 7. And we will get into Hypertrophy in a second, I promise. <laughs> alone Season 7, they put, uh, I think it's 10 people in uh the arctic and what if, time of year well just before winter so if they if they can survive for 100 days in the arctic they get a million dollars if they can survive for 100 days no for one million dollars no they're, they're are allowed they have- 10 items so they get dropped off in the arctic they, they're, they're allowed 10 items so they might take a fishing net they might take an axe a couple of people take saws uh, they take a tarp like 10 items you're allowed to take.
1: Oh, do you get 10 each? Huh? Or they have 10 as a team?
0: No, some? each. Each. And I, they get they get. That put.
1: sounds like more than enough supplies you need right there.
0: For 100 days in the Arctic? Depending on the time of year, oh I, I, I got to so the Arctic they, Circle so in go, Iceland. They, they go into the winter. So they, they, the, they arrive, I think, in the fall and it goes into the winter. So they have some time to prepare for the winter. Um, and, you know, of course, when you're put in that situation, you know, everybody has to... Kill their own food, right? So everyone has to set up their traps. They have to fish. They have to hunt. You know, you can only eat what you can kill, um, and you can forage obviously on whatever berries and mushrooms you can find. But obviously, that's not going to be possible in the winter. So you have to like store your food. You have to dry your dry your fish out, dry fish, your steaks out, yeah, the meats. and um, find a way to secure it, and keep start it safe from wild jerky. animals. Yeah, start making your jerky, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you you know the overwhelming sense you get from is how much you appreciate food when you have to go to so much fucking work to get it. When you when your life depends on, you know, making that, making that kill or catching that fish. But like or, you
1: said, the most important part too, after was like protecting it, protecting from you know, other animals it. who want to eat yeah, from other people who might want that food. Like, yeah. like you said, like the whole preparing for that part of the year where it was much more of a downtime, there was less activity. Like, and just trying to survive the elements. Yeah. But the most importantly, what country were they in the Arctic in? This is this is like determined. It's on the
0: Canadian Arctic border.
1: Okay. If we were there in Russia, that I'd say yeah, that'd be a tough one to make right there. Yeah. If you're in Greenland, yeah, I mean that's another tough one to survive. But if you're like in Scandinavia, in the Arctic up there, there's more than enough trees. More than I don't enough.
0: know, dude. It's fucking. I think it's fucking hard. I, I'm gonna watch the show. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna check it. it out. I watch these guys. I'm like, God, these these are these are real human beings. Who to right
1: the cameramen who want to go with them? Yeah.
0: That? Well, that there are no cameramen. So they 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 get given a camera. They get given like a camera setup, and they have to record themselves. The only thing they are left with is like a a sat phone to call in if they want to quit.
1: How many people make it?
0: What? Well, I don't know on this season, but in pr- in prior seasons, only one it? survives. Like it's whoever whoever lasts the longest is the winner. Whereas this season, oh, it's not even hundred days. Like you gotta. No, this season it's it's a hundred days. If you make it a hundred days, you get a million dollars. That's the challenge.
1: Doesn't matter who. It just.
0: So and I haven't. I'm still. I think I'm at four episodes in. So I'm. I don't know how many people survive it, but it's um. You watch it and you realize, like you know, it's a great indicator of like evolution, like how we how we survived in, in nature. How we were able to to exist and how what it took to 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 get it to get this far, and then it's it's a huge reminder just of how much we take for granted and how easy we've made things for ourselves and how convenient we've made things for ourselves. We're in the real in the real world in the wild. My God, it takes so much and it takes so much skill and so much depth of human excellence to really you know survive. Um, and you watch these these men and women. Uh, do that thing and it's like oh my god these are real these are real people these these people know how well, to especially because that incredible. risk
1: if like one thing doesn't go your way or this little hole you did find that's got a place for you to hold a fire gets caved in or flooded right. in like what do you do now in the middle of winter you're you're kind of it's, it's you're kind honestly of
0: incredible um and getting you know circling back to the hypertrophy thing you know the the people alone the, the first thing they try and you know find is protein and fats because they know that's what they need to survive they need if they want to hold on to if their strength that any kind of muscle tissue they're going to need to get their protein uh protein is the building blocks of life you have to have it Uh, and fat they need the fat to they need the fat for energy they need the fat to stay warm they need the fat for um to stay cognitive um for all their hormones um So you know they're desperate. They're desperate to find protein. They're desperate to find uh, to find good fats uh, because you you know they know that that's what they need to survive. Um, So circling back to the subject of muscle mass, of lean muscle, of uh, hypertrophy. um, Again, flipping this on kind of the head from last week, where we talked about you know leaning out as much as possible and some protocols for that. You know when we want to go the other direction, when we want to gain muscle, when we want to gain mass. Um, how do we do that how do we go from a state of you know being you know maybe we're, we're we're not as big as we think we should be or we don't carry as much muscle as we think we want to or maybe we see people that we think oh i'd love to look like that or you know um or even from an athletic point of view is it maybe if i was bigger i'd be able to do that i'd be able to lift that weight i'd be able to throw that object that far um you know, there's a number of, of tasks maybe I would be able to complete if I added some muscle tissue. You know, there's all number of reasons for adding uh, muscle mass. It, it could purely be for health reasons, which, you know, it, it is a huge a huge factor in terms of health as well. So, you know, this is something, when we talk about gaining muscle, this isn't just something for, oh my God, I want to be a huge bodybuilder. This is, I want to gain muscle because I want to be healthier. Um, I want to be at a, Pick up my kids. I want to be able to walk for longer. I want to be able to hold on to as much lean muscle tissue as as I get older, so that I, my, you know, my structure doesn't deteriorate. Um, so there are all, all all manner of reasons for for gaining muscle and um, and hypertrophy. Now, one of the things to remember that's super important is that in the beginning everything works, everything works, but nothing works forever. So often in the beginning for three to six months, maybe longer, you will get hypertrophy and you will get good results from doing whatever the fuck you want. Um, So often, you know, I would advise people in the beginning to just do circuit training, just do whatever physical sport you can do to get the body moving because just by virtue of that you will gain muscle tissue. You know, a lot of people um, who do CrossFit uh, gain muscle in the beginning, and that might seem, you know, juxtaposed from from the hypertrophy protocol. Well, it's just high intensity training. How can that possibly, you know, gain muscle? Well, I've seen it time and time again. People in the beginning uh, gain a lot of muscle tissue because you're obviously you are lifting. You are lifting weights. Um, short re- short rest periods uh, have been shown to in- improve uh, growth hormone release and boost testosterone. Um, and obviously, they're doing a lot of strength training. They're lifting huge poundages. Ultimately, um, over over you know a longer period of time, um, and you're simply there's a lot of volume in your training. You're asking your body to do a lot of different tasks. You've got constant new stimulation from all these different things. So your body's never fully adapting to anything. It's constantly being challenged. So even with something like cross crossfit, I see um, you know I see a lot of hypertrophy, especially in beginners. And in fact. I was having this uh, conversation with uh, Joshua Alshama the other day, who's, um, who's a huge CrossFit guy. He's actually the the best CrossFitter in the UK right now. Um, and he told me, he um, he used to do a lot of build, bodybuilding in his teens, and then he said he actually saw a lot more hypertrophy when he started doing CrossFit. And if you saw this guy, he looks kind of like a bodybuilder. He's got a, a lot of muscle mass on his body. He's one of the most, you know, more, one of the more muscular CrossFit, uh, CrossFitters out there, um, and, I think the combination of the short uh, short rest periods and the 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 volume and the large panages of weight and all that kind of stuff, plus he's the kind of guy that's going to pay attention to to nutrition, um, resulted in a lot of gains in muscle tissue. So, once again, you know we are all different. Um, individualization is a huge thing. Some things work better for some protocols work work better for some people than they do for others. But I think um, you know it's true universally that in the beginning everything works, but, but nothing works forever. Like whatever you do in the beginning, you are going to get some gains. Um, now of course, whatever you do by virtue of what I just said, nothing works forever. At some point you're going to have to create new stimulus or pay more attention to nutrition or really think about what you're doing and really schedule things out. Um, nutritionally, of course, when we talked before about getting leaner, uh, we have to find ways to create a calorie deficit if we wanted to lean out, and often that comes by way of uh, limiting our carbohydrate content, or lim- uh, limiting our, our fat content, or a combination of the two things. Of course, when we want to gain weight, when we're going to go the other way, you know, we're almost going to have to do the reverse. We're going to have to think about taking in more carbohydrates and potentially more fats, um, as well as obviously keeping our our, our protein content high. Um, obviously when we think about protein remember we talked last week we always need one gram of protein per pound of body weight you know almost Uh, maybe 0.8 grams maybe 1.2 grams but around that one gram per pound uh, one gram of protein per pound of body weight is going to be you know a good amount of protein for most people and we always want to hold on to as much lean muscle tissue as we can because we want a healthy metabolism and that's what helps us keep a healthy metabolism when it comes to trying to gain weight, uh, gain further muscle mass, um, maybe we're we're we are also upping the you know the volume of lifting that we're doing. We're going to have to start thinking about taking in more carbohydrates, taking in more fats, and by virtue of that, of course, taking in more calories. If I'm trying to lose weight, um, let's take me as an example uh, as a two hundred pound male. You know, I may I may take my calories down to. 22,000 calories a day. 2200. If I'm 2200, maybe. 22,000? May <laughs> 22, oh, 22,000. That, that would be. I was gonna That'd be a hell of a day. That's the banquet. <laughs> 2200. Sorry. Yeah. 2200 <laughs> calories per day. Um, if I'm trying to gain weight, if I'm trying to gain mass, I might take in as many as 5,000 calories a day. Um, if I want to, you know, gain a lot of muscle in a short amount of time or a lot of weight in a short amount of time. Um, so. The most important thing is always gonna be calories, like how many calories am I consuming to to, to achieve my goal? And then after we've figured out how many calories we want, we start breaking it down more into proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. Now, like I just said, we're taking in one gram, maybe 1.2 grams, maybe even 1.4 grams of protein per pound of body weight if we're we're trying to gain mass. Um, After that, we're we're gonna wanna bring in at least one gram of fat per kilogram of body weight um, remember to, to calculate kilograms, you're going to uh, multiply it by 2.22. Um, and then if I'm looking to gain weight, I might take my calories up to two grams of carbs per pound of body weight, maybe even higher, maybe even 2.5. You know, I might want to take my, my carbs up to 400 grams a day if I want to gain weight, maybe even higher. Um, of course, it depends on your your volume how much work you're getting done how big you are your weight that kind of uh, that kind of stuff but we have to realize that the only way we are gonna uh, be able to gain and sustain weight is to be in a caloric surplus um it's the only way that our body is gonna say okay i'm gonna grow i don't need to conserve i don't need to protect i'm gonna allow the body to grow because i've got enough calories to let it grow I think often the trap that people fall into is they, you know, they'll do it for like a very short period of time. So they think, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gain weight. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna up my calories, gonna up my carbs. They'll do it for a very short period of time. They don't really get the results they want, and then they and then they stop doing it, and they they don't really get anywhere. People have to realize that this this is a you know, a long term thing. You can't just do it for a couple of weeks and expect results. You have to, you know. You have to figure out your plan. You have to stick with it. You know, and it might take six weeks to to really see any kind of real gain. Um, now, the most I've ever done as a, I mean, I'm 200 pounds now. I was probably maybe 185 when I did this protocol. Was the the kind of 5,000 calories a day diet?
1: That sounds insane.
0: Which sounds insane, um,
1: <laughs> and it was. I mean, I struggle to put down three thousand if I really it, want to go. Yeah, it
0: like it, it was kind of insane, and it was actually at the time um, I was doing a lot of work with Jim Jones at the time, and it was part of the the Henry Cavill uh, mass gain for the um, Superman Superman film. Um, Were you working with him himself or just no? You? I wasn't. I wasn't at the time. Uh, I was, you know, I was involved with Jim Jones, obviously, and I was, you know, fully satisfied with them at the time, and I was following a lot of their uh, programs and protocols. And they released the the, the Henry Cavill uh, nutritional program as well as the training program. Uh, and Henry's Henry's protocol was basically this this mass gain diet, which you know was was five thousand calories a day. And he was a similar weight to me, so I was doing a very similar thing. Now, in order to get five thousand calories down a day, um, I had to do these like super highly caloric shakes. Um, it was the only way to to, to get the calories in. That I needed like basically each shake had a thousand calories in.
1: So you're adding probably a good amount of fat with, yes. the, pro- with the protein and carbs. Fats that are usually and already carbs. There. Yeah. So yeah.
0: it was kind of going against everything I talked about last week, like not combining fats and carbs in the same meal and that kind of stuff. It was like all that you one You need said, to if you're going that big. You have yeah. to, you have to. So I think about um,
1: protein shakes and I got like 240, 240 maybe 500,
0: maybe, you know, so by the time you've added, so what I was doing was like, obviously whole fat milk, banana, peanut butter, oats, um, with the whey, a little bit weight of gain shit, cream, yeah. like e- every, everything in there uh, to, to, to up the calories. Um, like I said, I was taking in 2,000 calories from shakes and then 3,000 calories from, from real food.
1: Uh, that doesn't sound too bad. It sounds doable.
0: It's doable. But pe- people forget, like, it's hard to eat that much food and not feel disgusting and you're just not hungry. You just don't want to eat. You just
1: It's hard to process that protein too. I yeah. feel like sometimes if I'm really doing too to much process. protein, you have the runs, That's, like your body's yeah. not handling it, not absorbing yeah. it. So it's just like trying to make sure your body can just take on right. all that protein, and actually synthesize it with, you know, your muscles like it's t- it's tough that people aren't used to that.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, People have to realize that eating becomes a real job when you're trying to gain weight. It's, it's a re- it, the training part is relatively easy. The eating part is, is really hard, because you have to you have to really plan out your day, uh, because in order to get that amount of calories in, you're going to have to start eating early, and you're going to have to be really vigilant about when your when your meals are coming, when your protein is coming, when your carbs are coming, um, because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna fall short of your numbers. You have to prepare, you have to plan, and you have to know what's coming. Um, you have to be really, really vigilant and really on top of it because, you know, even from experience, there are a number of days where I got to the end of the day and I was like, it was 9 p.m. at night and I was still a thousand calories short. It's like, oh my God, you know, you're trying to scoff down whatever you can get your hands on at that time of night just to, just to get the calories up. So, you know, you have to plan ahead. Obviously, you still want to eat, you know, as much real food as possible, but you're not going to get 5,000 calories from chicken and broccoli. It's not going to happen.
1: You need those nine grams from the fat. You need it. You need the fat. That helps. Yeah. Without going outside your macros. Because what were your macros at that time if you're trying to get 5,000 calories?
0: Offhand, I, I can't remember exactly what my ma- my macros were. But what I Like think, the split, what was the- Yeah, I was pro- uh, probably um, uh, more like a 50, 30, 20 split. Uh, 50 gra- fat, uh, 50%, uh, 50% from carbs.
1: 15. 50% from carbs. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Because you have to remember with carbs- Car- carbs are what make you hungry. Fat's actually satiating. So if yeah. you eat too many fats, you, you just don't get hungry. Whereas carbs are more right? You can always eat more carbs. So I was taking in more carbs to get the calories up to keep me hungry. Um, So, yeah, the carbs were, you know, I was probably taking at least 400 grams of carbs a day at that point. Um, But it worked. Like I put on, I I, I think at my heaviest, I was like 225, which for me is fucking huge just 25 pounds heavier than I am now um I felt terrible like walking was a struggle like I felt heavy walking up the stairs you just feel
1: knuckles feel like you're grinding the ground yeah (laughs) you just feel kind
0: of like oh yeah yeah you're you're completely full of the time you feel lethargic um your your body doesn't want to do it and I was doing it all naturally obviously I wasn't taking any any steroids I wasn't taking anything like that so um it was all done uh, with, with with real food and real, you know, uh, I was taking creatine, you know, whey protein, uh, fish oils, all that kind of stuff, uh, zinc. But I wasn't taking any, you know, any any you know any, anything anabolic. Um, that's what
1: I was going to ask. Like I was like, I'm trying to go Brad Pitt, Fight Club. I have like, you know, the lean physique already. Right. I know he was doing a cycle during that movie as well. But right there, is that, is that just upping, you know, or just working out that much more in terms
0: of? Brad like- Pitt in Fight Club is fucking tiny. He's one hundred and
1: thirty-five pounds. But he's Chiseled, but still. <laughs> I mean, pretty pretty big muscle, especially in the abs. Like, just oh wow. For, was he only yeah, one thirty-five for that?
0: Yeah, he's fucking tiny. Really, like one forty, but yeah, tiny. Well, I'm one one sixty, um, one
1: sixty-five, right? But he's
0: now. Just, he's got, he's got the kind of kind of physique. He's got really small hips. He's got broad broad shoulders relative to his hips. Um, you know he's just got that kind of ectomorph body type, so as soon as you add any muscle, the guy looks ripped. Um, but yeah, he's tiny in Fight Club. That's that, that's not a, he's bigger in uh, Troy. If you watched the movie Troy, great movie. Yeah, he's a, he's a lot bigger in that. Um, and I, I read a good article where he said, "Oh yeah, we had to up, up the protein for Troy." I was like, ah. <laughs> "All right, all right." I've
1: read he did a, he did a side for Fight Club. Oh, he did. But yeah totally completely i mean he's probably twice the size in his arm three times right. in troy itself i mean right we'd he's, get a yeah, bunch he's... of these greek spartans and yeah. uh athenian lookalikes and these uh outfits and how they're going to stand
0: out yeah yeah curious um <laughs> but yeah that, that so w- when you when you get when you gain that much weight and i did it i think i did it in a like a 10 week time period um so it was, you know, it was it was progressive. Um, but I was, you know, I was I stuck to the program exactly. I stuck to the nutrition exactly, and it worked. And then after the ten weeks, I kind of leaned out, and probably went back down to around, you know, two hundred one ninety five, and um, you know, I looked pretty good. Um, so that you know, that is kind of the classic way of doing it. You know, you 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 go through a, a bulking hashtag bulking uh, phase. Um, where you are in a huge caloric surplus. You're you're taking a lot more nutrients than you normally do, a lot more calories than you normally do. Um, and you have to understand that when you do that, sure. not only will you gain muscle, you will also gain fat, and that that is part of the process. You can't expect to stay lean when you're doing that kind of a bulk. And I think that's why a lot of people give up, and that's why I've given up a number of times, because you start to gain fat, you start to like be a little bit uncomfortable, and you're like, oh, I don't really want to do this. Like... Uh, and you, you you finish it but the the people that do this well and the people that do this professionally you know they stick with it for a long period of time they they give their body what it needs to grow and then when it's time to cut eventually they'll they'll, they'll cut back down again um, but just understand that when you try and when you when you bulk like that when you try and do try and gain a lot of mass you are going to gain fat along with your Muscle; it's it's just part of the process, and then you trim the fat after the the mass gain. So, don't assume that oh, I'm going to stay lean throughout this whole process. It's not going to happen. That said, if you if you take a much more uh, a longer term approach, a more measured approach of like, okay, I'm not going to go five thousand calories a day. I'm maybe going to up my calories by three hundred a day, but I'm going to take a longer term approach. I'm going to give myself twelve months to add ten pounds of muscle. As opposed to think of, I'm going to try and gain twenty pounds of muscle in eight weeks, whatever it is. Um, that way, you will get, uh, you will gain less fat, and you will gain a steady amount of muscle in a, in a longer time frame. So, for a lot of people, I think that's just a better way of doing it. You know, if, if you're thinking about scaling it long term, as opposed to like, oh my god, I've got a movie that I've got to prepare for in six months' time. I'm going to gain as much weight as possible and then cut up. I'm going to do th- terrible things to my body in in this process because it's worth it. Um, then you know that's why they take that approach but for a lot of people uh, you know members of the general public I think it's a lot better to take a long-term strategy and think okay I'm going to give myself a year to gain 10 pounds of muscle uh, and I'm going to up my calories by 300 calories a day I'm going to make sure those calories are coming from good sources you know it's just a better way of doing it long term um I think also you know coinciding with the nutrition, at a certain point, people need to think about like what type of training they're doing. Now, of course, in the beginning, I, I told you everything works, but nothing works forever. So in the beginning, circuit training is fine. You'll, you'll gain a certain amount of muscle that way. You talked about Brad Pitt and Fight Club. I'm pretty sure Brad Pitt and Fight Club just did like basic circuit training 12 to 15 reps of bench press. 12 to 15 reps of lat pull down. I went through the workout. 12 yeah. to 15 reps of. It curls. seemed
1: boring. I was like, I couldn't do this for six weeks and yeah. try try and get that body. Like that's just. Yeah, that. I, I love the eight by eight you showed me. Yeah, the thirty eight second last time. That's.
0: Um, I doubt Brad did many leg days because he didn't have any legless, leg, legging, leg. leg, leg, leg he uh, um, was a leg parachute in parachute pants and Yeah, parachute <laughs> pants. Um, but yeah, that would be a, a fairly simple, um, like almost like a strength endurance kind of protocol, but you know. There are a number of protocols that that I like that we use at Ferris Athletic Club or when I have hypertrophy clients. Obviously, we've ju- just been through the German volume cycle, the 10x10 10 10 with my one-minute rest, Ooh. which is a great you know hypertrophy cycle, um, Charles Poliquin uh, cycle. I've used it a ton over the years. It's very effective. I really like um, the, uh, the Y3T protocol by Neil Hill, um, which is essentially... You divide your your weeks up uh, into three week sections. Uh, week one, you're lifting heavier weight heavier weights with a lower rep range. Week two, um, slightly lighter uh, lighter weights with a medium rep range. And then week three, you're lifting uh, lighter weights with a higher rep range. That way, you're working all the different muscle fiber types through the through the three week process. And then you kind of start that cycle again. So it's this nice like. Um, cycle of you know heavy medium light heavy medium light heavy medium light classic like bodybuilding movements you know there's a lot of compound as well as a lot of isolation don't forget your isolation movements when it comes to hypertrophy at a certain point it's going to become necessary um, yes you can get great hypertrophy from your your compound movements and your your squats your deadlifts and your pull-ups but at a certain point you are going to have to accessorize with some isolation movements if hypertrophy is the goal um, and Y3T, uh, you know, talks you through that. Um, German body comp, uh, German body comp, uh, another great Charles Poliquin uh, protocol, um, designed more for a, a lean body mass, um, but is another great way to achieve uh, hypertrophy. It's just uh, basic circuit training with with brains. It's, it's very well set out, um, a, a great kind of like, like I said, lean mass, uh, lean mass kind of protocol. We talked a little about, bit about Geronda eight x eight with the thirty second rest. It's a great hypertrophy protocol. Again, that that short rest period, that thirty second rest period is great for growth hormone, great for testosterone release. Um, gets a lot of work done in a short amount of time. My guys at Jim Jones are actually on the eight by eight protocol right now, uh, getting great results from it. Um, it's it's a it's a great, you know, a great. Uh, uh, mass builder, but also because of the short rest period, is a, is a great fat burner. Um, now, I would say with that protocol, you know, if you're in a great caloric surplus, it could be a great way to to gain weight. If you're in a in a caloric deficit, it's a great way to lose weight.
1: Absolutely, cause I, feel, <laughs> I feel like my heart rate stays right between, we'll say 120 average when I'm doing a good eight by eight. I'm pushing myself with a good amount of weight. Like, let's say I go one, like 135 or 155. For a back squat in between that like it's a lot of demand to go back and forth and back and forth i'm a 165 guy so for me it's like if i'm hitting that my heart rate's high yeah, feeling high. that burn but even any other muscle group i'm working the upper body or the lower body like it's it's got the demand i'm looking for in yeah
0: that. it's great and it, like i said it, it can be confusing people because i know we, we're doing it right now at jim jones is part of our actual leaning out phase because they're in a caloric it's more of a deficit. More for a leaning out thing, yeah. Me but looking. if you are in a, a huge caloric surplus, it's a great way. It's a great way to to to, to get mass gain. Um, I, I forgot to mention this under under the German volume um section. Uh, last week was the last week of our German volume at at Varus, and uh, me and my buddy Justin were at uh, ten by ten at two twenty five. So it's ten by ten at two twenty five with one minute rest. I kid you not, I had to lie down for about. 40 minutes after we did that workout. 225, I was what were you broken. doing, back squat? Yeah, 225 back squat. So 10 by 10, 10 by 10, 225, warm and rest. Um, and I did all sets, 10 by 10, apart from the very last rep on the 10th set, I got about halfway up and my legs just fucking gave out. And I just, I was like, but it was, it was great. It's like, I took my body as far as I could possibly take it, as far as it was willing to go. And then my body just said, fuck you. And that was it.
1: (laughs) That's why we have spotters. That's what the spotters are for.
0: But that was, it was a great, it was a great, um, it was a great example of, you know, when you are trying to grow and when you are trying to achieve hypertrophy, you have to push your body into places that you don't want it to go. You can't just coast and expect growth. It just doesn't work. You have to you have to push the muscles. You know, the classic thing in pumping iron, Arnold talking about like those last two reps is when the muscle really grows. Like you, you have to take your body somewhere it doesn't want to go in order to, you have to create a stress. You have to create um, a demand on the muscle. Otherwise it's just not going to grow. So always remember that. And I, I think that's which, whichever one of these protocols that you're doing, always remember that nothing will work If you're not challenging your body, if you're not pushing, you know, through the pain barrier, if you're not challenging yourselves, um, if you're not trying to grind out, you know, a little bit more than you want to, a little, a couple more reps than you want to, a little bit more weight than you want to. Uh, Not to say people should be going out and hurting themselves uh, with weight that they can't possibly lift, but always remember that the growth only happens at the extremities. You have to, you have to really push and challenge your body if you want to grow um the other one i had down here uh, in terms of you know the the hypertrophy protocols i wrote down well the classic one is like the three by ten right you're going to see that in every every magazine um every men's (laughs) health magazine every any blog the classic kind of like
1: we get some shoulder tricep exercise oh you can hit like three by ten to three by twelve yeah three by ten to
0: twelve or three by eight to twelve or four by ten or maybe four by eight you know Anything in that hypertrophy rep range of eight to twelve, you're going to see a lot of that. Um, and obviously, we've talked about this in podcasts before. But once you start adding in tempo to a lot of this work, which I do in a lot of my programming, um, you know that eccentric work, that, that that those slow eccentric contractions really help with hypertrophy. That that four zero one zero, that three zero one zero tempo.
1: What we call those like negatives too? Like yeah, like
0: yeah, the the negatives, the eccentric contractions under under control. Um, at that slower tempo really help with um, with muscular growth, um, so we do that a lot in, in build and in the in the programming that I, that I do for Jim Jones. Um, and then I put CrossFit at the end because, like I said, I've seen a lot of people get hypertrophy from from CrossFit, um, and it's weird because it does go kind of against a lot of like science that you learn in textbooks. It goes against a lot of hypertrophy protocols, but I do think there's something in in the stimulus in the short rest periods in the, the the competitive nature of it, in the really pushing the body somewhere, like I said, that it doesn't want to go, grinding out those reps. You know, I, I think there's something really exciting, you know, especially in, in, in hypertrophy in women in, in, in CrossFit. You know, if you look at a lot of like high-end athletes, um, high-end female athletes, that the hypertrophy that they've experienced is proportionally, I think, better than the men. Um, and there's something really interesting in that. Um, whether it's the whether it is the short rest periods, whether it's just the the, the high the, the the high volume that those the, those uh, those athletes are going through, whatever it may be, we're certainly seeing a lot of hypertrophy in in CrossFit at the at a certain level. So I, I don't think it, it can be discounted. Um, I think the problem with it is for a lot of people, you know, the technical aspects of CrossFit. You know get in the way of of the volume and the hypertrophy so if you're spending an hour uh, hour class like learning how to do a snatch that's not going to get you hypertrophy if you can do if you're if you're experienced and you can get a lot of volume out of like snatches and squat cleans and um, and rope climbs and all that kind of stuff and and muscle ups you know if you can get the volume in then you're going to experience hypertrophy but if you're not good enough to get the volume in if you don't have that skill set yet then perhaps you're not gonna see the kind of hypertrophy that you that you won. Um so maybe there are other avenues that are gonna be better for you. You know, a lot of the stuff that I do, a lot of the stuff that I program is just dumb stuff. It's dumb, easy stuff. Like it's bench pressing, it's deadlifting, it's squatting, it's carrying stuff, you know, stuff that not that, you know, there isn't technique involved because of course it is. We all have to recognize, you know, correct form and correct structures. But um there is nothing overly complicated about the stuff that, that I program when it comes to hypertrophy. Um, because we are better off spending a good amount of time doing things that our body recognizes easily and, and can pattern easily. Um, we don't want to spend a bunch of time trying to learn a skill if the goal is simply hypertrophy, if, if the goal is simply to grow the muscle. So sticking to our basics. Of our of our of our squats and our benches and and our isolation movements which don't require a lot of skill are often better when it comes to when it comes to hypertrophy um so we can't discount it as a as a method of hypertrophy because i've seen it happen but it may not be the the most what's the word it may, may not be the easiest way or the most um, efficient way to experience hypertrophy mm. Uh, like i've seen a lot of guys at the gym especially in the beginning first three to six months if they go down the compete track and um, there's a guy at the gym right now blake who's who's seen a ton of growth like at least 20 pounds of muscle this year wow uh, mainly doing crossfit he's now started to do some more hypertrophy stuff but he's he's getting a lot of muscle um but he's taking the time to really learn you know the skills that are required um but it does take time so efficiently you know maybe maybe other other ways are going to be more more beneficial for you but yeah so you know which when you combine these two things when you combine the training protocols which are going to focus on uh, a a degree of strength training and a degree of hypertrophy both are necessary for hypertrophy I believe if you are a, a natural athlete what do I mean by that well when you're a natural athlete, when you're not taking in any artificial testosterone or growth hormone or anything like that, we're always trying to find ways to stimulate that. And I find like lifting heavy, doing our big heavy compound lifts, like a heavy deadlift and a heavy squats and a heavy bench, is a great way to stimulate growth hormone and testosterone. Um, if we're not supplementing it from anywhere else, if you are, you know, taking in artificial stimu- uh, artificial uh, uh, steroids, uh, anabolics. Um, growth hormone testosterone it may be less necessary to stimulate it with um heavy lifting although you know i know a lot of lifters doing it is of huge benefit to them but i think if you are a natural lifter then it becomes more important to still to still lift the the big compound heavy weights in order to stimulate that you know that um that uh that growth hormone and that testosterone naturally um, and and for that reason, I also really like uh, the power bodybuilding Mike, Mike O'Hearn's kind of methodology, which we've also done uh, a lot in build, which is a certain amount of the week is spent lifting heavy, and a certain amount of week is uh, a certain amount of the week is lifting more in the hypertrophy range. So, for example, we might do an upper body um, heavy session on the Monday. We might do an upper body volume session on the Thursday. With the Monday focusing more on the big heavy heavy lifts, and the Thursday focusing more on the uh, like medium hypertrophy type lifts. There's another great way to great way to achieve um, hypertrophy naturally. Um, so we have to we have to combine uh, that lifting that style of lifting with the, with the strength and the volume, with the nutrition, with the caloric surplus, with the extra carbohydrates, with the extra fats, um, and with the with the consistent protein. Both of these things, and I cannot stress this enough, need consistency. You have to train consistently, and you have to eat consistently if you want to gain real mass. Um, Just as you do when you wanna lean out. Mm -hmm. Both of these things take consistency. Whichever way you wanna go, you can't just dip in and dip out. You can't do a week of growth and a week of leaning, and a week of growth and a week of leaning, and keep like jumping between the two things and expect to see anything Any kind of meaningful results, it was just will not work that way. So whichever track you're on, you have to get on it and you have to stay on it and you have to stick with it until you get where you want to go. Makes sense?
1: No, absolutely.
0: (laughs) The last thing I kind of want to to talk about is, of course, sleep. Um, And again, uh, this is super important both for uh, losing fat, leaning out, as it is for growing. When we sleep, we release the most uh, growth hormone and testosterone. Um, growth hormone and testosterone is our biggest fat, bu- fat burner and our biggest muscle uh, and our uh, biggest muscle gainer. So we need those. We need that that release. We need that hormone release, and we're going to get it. Um, we're going to get it most when we sleep. So getting a good night's sleep is essential um, if you're only sleeping three or four hours a, a night um you're gonna really struggle to gain weight and you're going to really struggle to lose weight you know you really want to be getting at least seven or eight hours um, if you want to you know optimize your results i know you know I, i've read a lot of stuff um and I, I know a lot of guys that a lot of the movie guys that that went through you know these big changes in a short amount of time we're trying to get at least 10 hours a night. Now I know that seems like a lot. I know it's it's hard for a lot of a lot of people in the real world to get that amount of sleep to get that ten hours in, but the more sleep and the more quality sleep you can get, the better it's going to be for your results. And of course, we've talked about you know supplementing with magnesium before um, to help you with your sleep, uh, with chamomile, um, you know, um, with GABA to some degree. There's some great sleep supplements out there that that can help. Um, but yeah, I think. Really paying attention to your sleep um, as much pay, as much attention to your sleep as you do to your eating and your working out. Um, if you want to see some some meaningful results um, in, a, in a in a decent amount of time, so that's the other thing to consider there. The rest is important as the working out. The rest is when your body recovers. The rest is when your body grows. And um, your body doesn't really grow when you're working out. It grows while you're resting and while you're recovering. So pay a lot of attention to your to your sleep. Um, so to summarize guys you need to be in a caloric surplus likelihood is that caloric surplus is going to come from taking in some extra carbohydrates um, and being aware of your of your fat content uh, maybe bringing up your fats as well and keeping your protein uh, content uh, consistent uh, and your protein consumption consistent uh, sticking with your training being consistent with a, tr- a kind of protocol that includes the hypertrophy type uh, uh, reps and sets with the with the with the heavy lifting as well. Yeah, if you want to optimize uh, results, and then uh, really thinking about rest, really thinking about sleep, uh, thinking about supplementing sleep if necessary, um, and paying a lot of attention to to that side of things. Um, only by by virtue of those things, three things working together simultaneously, will you really get where you want to go and don't expect it to happen in three weeks because it won't this is these are all uh uh, long longer term strategies we have to take our time we have to allow our bodies to either grow or 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 lose weight which which either way we're going Uh, and we have to you know stick to the game plan and be consistent
1: as well as adapt to the change that you want your body's got to relearn itself or get to a place they can start accepting and absorbing and taking on this new systems you're trying to implement yeah. in there. It doesn't well mean so you said. set
0: set points take a while to sit in. Yes. So if I want to get my body to a new set point in terms of you know my, my metabolism, if I want to be the kind of person that can always eat you know three thousand calories a day, I can't. I, I have to I have to stay at a certain weight and I have to stay at a certain protocol for for a longer period of time. A lot of people will get down to a goal weight when they try and lose weight. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get down to 175 pounds. Oh, I got it. And then they start eating like they did before and they go straight back back up to 190 or whatever it was. You have to stay at 175 for at least six weeks before it's going to think, okay, 175. This is my new set point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you, you can't just get somewhere and expect it to just stick. You have to get somewhere. You have to stay there. You have to work hard to stay there. Before that becomes your new your new set point. Same with gaining weight. If I want to stay, if I was, if I wanted to go up to two hundred and ten pounds, I want to stay two hundred and ten pounds. It would take a lot of work to stay there, a lot of nutrition, a lot of attention to stay at two hundred and ten pounds. If I get to two ten and I suddenly take my eye off the ball, then I'm going to go straight back down to two hundred. The body doesn't work like that. It doesn't it doesn't want to. It wants to conserve. It doesn't want to stay a certain way unless you make it stay a certain way. But you have to work hard to stay where you want to be. You can't just get there and expect it to stay there. It takes a lot of work, people. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Um, if you have any questions, just fire them over to us. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, Brandon. Thanks for coming up again to, oh, the, to the lodge. And And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys soon. We are fully open at Faros Athletic Club, thirteen sixteen Glendale Boulevard. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Faros Echo Park, and you look. You can listen to this podcast obviously as you've already listened to it on all good uh podcast stations but um yeah we'll be back with you guys soon and um, uh, yeah uh, if you want to optimize uh hypertrophy do not drink uh, too much cause banquet just one coffee it, next just one and then, coffee. and then pizza and then pizza <laughs> <laughs> all right guys take care speak soon bye <laughs>